what's for dinner? The question we all face. Hey everybody, it's Nina. I've been a chef for the past 12 years and I still lose all creativity when it comes to that question. Join me in exploring what some guests plan to cook for dinner. For our next guest, we have Jessica Vando de Jesus. She is a Puerto Rico native, Marine Corps officer veteran, and travel and food journalist. Welcome to our conversation. You've traveled to over 60 countries. I love on your website that you have a picture of you making patele and you say that out <laughs> of all the countries you've been in that Puerto Rico is still your favorite. Yes, I don't get tired of going to Puerto Rico. Like I actually had other Puerto Ricans like, oh, you know, you don't get tired to go to Puerto Rico. I'm like, nope. <laughs> and you're also an author of a book, A Traveling Guide yes. to Puerto Rico's Cuisine. Can you talk about yeah. that, please? Yeah, yeah. I have a hardcover coffee table book called The Dining Traveler Guide to Puerto Rico. And it's a photographic journey around the island, interviews with chefs and locals sharing their favorite part. It's divided by different regions of the island, like north, south, east, west, to give people an idea of how diverse Puerto Rico is geographically, even though it's such a small island. Do you have any particular like nostalgic meal from Puerto Rico that you'd like to share? So my favorite Puerto Rican meal is el pastelón. I don't know if you're familiar with it. I've always been a fan of like the mix of sweet and salty, like uh, sweet and savory. So if my sister-in-law makes the best pastelón, I, I call it my death row meal. Like if there was like one last meal I had to have, it would be that. I love the flavor of it. Amazing. Yeah, I love it too. Sometimes I, I do little variations, like I, I'll add a little bit of mashed potato in it. Oh, nice. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> Where did you get your inspiration from for your book and your traveling and cuisine curiosity? I think it's a combination of a lot of things. I grew up in a small town called Bayama, Puerto Rico, and I, my parents both loved to cook, my mom and my dad. And for my parents, I was born in New York and we moved when I was five to Puerto Rico. My dad had just retired. He was a bit older. And for him, it was like a homecoming. And because, you know, he was retired, he was also like cooking a lot. And we uh, lived in, in the South. So he would buy like seafood from fishermen. And so I grew up eating like, it was all Puerto Rican food, but you know, we were eating like morcilla like blood sausage, duck, things that don't seem like, you know, a normal thing for a five, seven year old to eat. I love octopus. I've loved octopus since I was like six years old. So all these like fun things. And I think that for me, like, you know, just seeing my parents cook and then my aunts, one of my aunts used to always spend the winters with us. She lived in New York and then my mom and my aunt would cook. So it was always something that was like, in our house. So that was my first love for cuisine. And then when I joined the Marines, my first duty station as an officer was in um, Okinawa. And that's when I really, because before I would cook Puerto Rican food here and there, but you know, I was also spoiled. Like when I went to visit my mom, like she would make me all the things. And that's when I really got into like perfectioning the recipes of my parents and cooking a lot in the BOQ because I was at a base called Camp Hanson that was pretty uh, up north. So sometimes like if I had a long day at work, I just didn't have the energy to go out in town and get food. So yeah. <laughs> what an amazing story. I was a cook in the military, so I'm curious what people's experience were with food in the military do you have a dish in the military that you particularly loved 
It's not a, it's not a military dish per se, not like not from the mess or anything, but I think like from being stationed overseas, especially for me, Okinawa, because it's my first overseas duty station. And I just fell in love with the food there. But I think that one of the things that brings me nostalgia, obviously, is like taco rice and cheese. And I don't know if you were stationed in Okinawa, but um, there's an Okinawan chef in DC and he made this whole Okinawa series and he, and they were serving taco rice and cheese. And I was like, oh, I love that. So I think that like whenever I hear it, I just feel like that's kind of like either you're, you know, Okinawan or your military person that was stationed in Okinawa that knows about this dish. You know, it's like very, very like a cult following almost. <laughs> Fun. This question, this is my curiosity since I'm a parent too. How has the experience been traveling and dining with the children? Well, I have a, a daughter and I think that for us, it was really important ever since she was a baby, like she was like a month old when she had her passport and two months old when she went overseas for the first time, because at the time we were living in DC, we went to Holland to visit her grandparents. And for us, it's always been, I grew up and my, both my husband and I grew up pretty old school and my parents were like, you know, whatever we make, you're going to eat. And then he grew up the same way. So we always brought that to our house and for her to be exposed to different flavors, come complex flavors. And also like with children, we joke around that, okay, it's Tuesday, she likes broccoli and Thursday, she doesn't like it. You know? <laughs> so it's, it, so I think it's being flexible. But I also think that I think we can all, all go back to when we were kids. And there was things that we probably didn't like when we were kids. But we were exposed to them. And then as adults, we're like, oh, okay, like, that's cool. Because <laughs> I mean, for a while, I like more seizures and I didn't like them. And now I like them again, like blood sausage. So I think that for us is very important to be exposed to the different dishes and, um, and not giving options. Like, if, you know, if this is what's out there, this is what you're going to eat. <laughs> There's this one more see, I'll never forget. I had it in a, a New Year's Eve in El Campo. I'll never forget. It. I've tried to recreate it and I could that's my nostalgic meal. I can never recreate it. It was just like the perfect spice, the perfect fried crispiness. Oh, the little fried edges are so good. <laughs> what is your favorite dish to make on your busiest day? Pastas, I have to say. And for me, pastas are also one of the things, yeah, you know, everybody grows up eating pasta. But when I moved to Belgium and the first time in 2006, in my graduate program, there's like a handful of Italians, so a Sicilian. So I have a group of friends that are Italian, and I feel like I really learned how to cook like real pasta with them. And compared to what we're used to in the States is like the less ingredients, the better how they make it. So when I have a busy day, like I'll make a cacio pepe or I'll just make like a quick tomato sauce and I'm just using like canned filet di, di, di pomodoro, like there are some marsanos and those are, are really yummy and you can really literally have a meal made in 15 minutes yes and kid-friendly kids love pasta like, like yes although like now my daughter's like now she's in her rice era like before she wanted pasta every day and now she wants rice every day so but I feel like those are the two staples like if you need to feed a child there's like pasta and rice <laughs> yes do you have any kitchen or meal hacks for me god I have so many <laughs> let me see which one is um Always having a sauce in the freezer. I think that that's always, sometimes you come home late from work or, you know, in my case, I work from home, but you know, you're busy doing 10 things at the same time. And then you just have to defrost a sauce and throw it in a pasta. 
Another thing that I like to do is make sofrito for those who are not familiar with Puerto Rican cooking. And I put it in ice cubes. Like my mom used to do that. And, you know, it's already pre-measured two tablespoons per ice cube. So that's a kitchen hack that I like. And one of the things that I also learned from living in Europe is always having my eggs at room temperature because I feel they taste much better. Um, and also for baking, you always want your eggs room temperature, but just having a nice like bowl with eggs by the stove. And then I don't forget to use them either. <laughs> yes. So frito is a must in the Puerto Rican yes. household. Actually. Yeah. And it's so easy. Like you can make a soup and throw it in there for extra flavors. I've learned not to limit it just to, to Puerto Rican food or adobo, for example. Like I just made cauliflower, roasted cauliflower, and I sprinkled adobo in it and my daughter loved it. So <laughs> it's a, a nice little magic touch. <laughs> and the last million dollar question is what's for dinner tonight it was crazy we did uh, <laughs> we all had leftovers of something else <laughs> my daughter had pumpkin soup leftover that I made yesterday I actually had a leftover Indian rice <laughs> that I ordered like two days ago nice. and my husband had leftover pasta that I had yesterday so I'm really and it's interesting because I grew up like my mom is not a fan or she wasn't a fan of leftovers but again like from moving in Europe, one of the things that, especially like in Brussels and like the community that I'm in, is very like zero waste and that mentality. And I feel like living here, I really learned how to be more mindful of food waste and using leftovers. So I try to make the most out of that. <laughs> I have a question that comes out from your experience living there and raising a biracial family. When the holidays start coming along, is there a certain meal that you keep to bring that tradition for your daughter of your Puerto Rican? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's interesting because, you know, my family, both my mom, from my mom and my dad's side, they're like the first Latino families to move to Rochester, New York in the 50s. And my family, like we're really Puerto Rican, but we're also like really American, like, you know, football. And so I love Thanksgiving. It's my favorite holiday ever. And I mean, I remember from when we lived in Puerto Rico, my parents used to love to celebrate it, but we would always have like a turkey but then arroz con gandules and pernil and you know all sorts of Puerto Rican stuff on the side and my mom will make like the first coquito of the season on Thanksgiving so one of the traditions that I've had actually even since I was stationed in Okinawa was introducing people to Thanksgiving and that's one of the things that I've also like my friends they love my I throw a Thanksgiving party for like over 30 people I make like a huge turkey and for me that's like in the arroz con gandules and you know on the side like no mashed potatoes <laughs> <laughs> and for me that that is the start of the holiday season and in, and I always do like a three kings meal so my daughter actually she's kind of spoiled because the Dutch um, my husband's from Holland and the in Belgium also celebrates Sinterklaas and that's in the beginning of December that's kind of also like the kids kind of similar to three kings because they put a carrot on their boot by the door and then Sinterklaas and, and Pete are supposed to St. Pete is they're supposed to put the toys or whatever then she has Santa Claus and then from the American side and then she has the three kings so um <laughs> so I that's a little that. keeping that that culture alive I love that does he do the shoebox with the with the hay in it yes but because we you know it's like the death is winter so we like um so I also do carrots I'm like you know I think camels eat carrots too <laughs> yes yes I love that thank you for sharing that just it makes me smell it I can smell that and <laughs> I can smell your your kitchen with that well, I just wanted to share that you're not just an author. You also have different services that you provide. I saw on your website, you do media kits. Can you like share how people can get in contact with you for that? 
Yes. My email is jessica at diningtraveler.com. And one of the things that I've learned from being an entrepreneur, and I think that especially during the pandemic is don't put all your eggs in one basket. Uh, so I have different verticals that I, uh, that I do, um, you know, obviously with Dining Traveler, we, you know, we do multimedia publishing. So we do video, we do copy. And I also, I'm a freelance travel and food journalist. So I write for other outlets as well. And then I also help small businesses with social media, developing media kits and things that will, especially from being on the media side and seeing what journalists are looking for, social media people are looking for, influencers are looking for. So I help businesses prepare their product in a visual way that is attractive to media. I love that. And it's so much needed post pandemic for such a vulnerable sector. And my last plug, you know, we met through Bunker Labs and uh, through the BBIE program, the Breaking Barriers in Entrepreneurship program, where I'm the, now I'm the Latinx facilitator and we have four cohorts a year. So if you are a veteran and then you're in your starting journey of your business and even some folks that are like in their mid journey, like they find a lot of the things they learned in BBIE useful. So I just want to do that plug just because for me, it's super rewarding to do the work. And I know a lot of the people in our program have benefited from it. So guys, check it out. If you're a veteran, if you're a military spouse, I'm BBIE. I highly recommend that program. And that's what got us connected. So thank you for supporting us post Bunker Labs graduation. Yes. (laughs) This episode is brought to you by Advertly, your user-friendly advertising platform. Thanks for listening. Peace and chicken grease.